Hello, how y'all doing? Welcome to Anchor.com, AnchorFM.com, where you can be heard all around the world from your bedroom, your bathroom, your living room, any room that your heart desires or any subject matter that you want to. Tonight I'm featuring one of my favorite albums by one of my favorite artists ever. A guy who changed the course of music. A guy that, you know, like when I started listening to his music, you know, it was like those Lay's potato chips. You couldn't just have one. You had to have a bunch. But I'm going to concentrate on his album, which was a very important album. It was kind of like the thriller of the off, or the off the wall of its day and time. I'm talking about Miles Davis's Kind of Blue. I'm talking about an album that featured great talent like Julian Adderley and John Coltrane who was on playing tenor sax. Adderley was on alto sax. Wynton Kelly who was on piano. Bill Evans the great arranger who was on piano who worked a lot of years with Miles Davis. Paul Chambers who was on bass. James Cobb on drums. But the bottom line and this album was produced by Teal McElroy. This album came out Marcerot forgive me this album came out in 1959 and it became a blueprint of greatness it also became a turning point for Miles Davis in the sense that he had made some important records but this was like the record that put him into a stratosphere where he wasn't just this jazz dude he became a guy that made a statement so powerful you might ask well the first song if you got the tape, which I still got the tape, was So What? Which became a standard of a groove. That that riff and that and that bass of that groove became integral and inspired other eras of artistry. That's how powerful just that first song was. You heard that groove, you heard that feel, you heard that tone. That was a game changer. What he did with his trumpet playing, he gave it a sophistication. He had made albums prior to that, and he had some strong records, but this one was the one that connected with the public. So, went multi-platinum, and for a jazz album, that was like a feat unto itself. But he definitely was on the pulse, and you knew he had it. Now, he made other great albums after, and I could talk about those other albums. As someone who bought CDs on him, DVD, live performances, books on him, read, and was mesmerized by his gift. Because I'm not even lying, Miles Davis is one of the most important musicians in any century. When you think about the totality of what he did as a player, what he did as a band leader, and how he heard the music and how he vibed it. Then when you see him live, he gives it a whole different spin. So just amazing from start to finish. But a song like that that starts off is a very compelling piece of music. And then you get to a Freddie Freeloader. And again, what separates Miles Davis from so many artists, some people will say, well, you know, he may have missed notes and the way he played and and, 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 and the certain things that he did. But if you listen to the music, it all works into its own groove. You know, he really had a way of tapping into points and resonating those points. You know, and very few artists can connect like that. And to connect with your horn and to connect with your tone and your feel is truly amazing.
is truly amazing. And that's one of the things that I have to say about him, that he uh, truly, truly had a uniqueness and he gave you a picture of what he was coming from. You know, it's just truly something you were feeling. Latin, the last song in that first side is Blues and Green. And I remember, you know, the way the the way the song felt. It it it, it felt like um, it took on a life of its own. You know, one thing about his music, it had like a backdrop. He was a painter. You could feel the canvas in the air that he was displaying. And it, and, it, and it just took you on so many different journeys, you know. The thing about him as well is this. A lot of artists obviously have big egos, and he was no exception to the rule. Yet, he wanted the best in quality. He got the best out of players. He got the best out of the musicianship. And it demanded, and it came across that. So it wasn't like... No, imagine today if he was to come on the last 25, 30 years with the names he had on his recordings, you'd say, oh, this guest project thing, you know, but this was done in a way where it felt genuine. It was, um, and it complimented too. I mean, obviously, you know, when he had John Coltrane before Coltrane found his full sound and got to the level that he did. However, having said that, when he was on this particular recording, he was definitely starting to hit his peak. And it definitely was a compliment. Just like Adderley, you know, you could hear the tone and the phrasing and how everything was coming together, the way their voices were loaning themselves up to the music. So he got a very distinctive sound that was created and how it would circulate with other artistry that he would do. One of the reasons why he was able to make music and not look back, I truly believe, is because he knew where he was at as an artist. He set foot on that foundation and then he knew it was time to step off that. It's like you're going swimming, you're diving off a diving board. Well, look, once I get my start and I get ready to dive, I have to dive like I've never dived before. However, I can't look down and I can't look to the side. I have to concentrate on how I'm going to make this thing parrot and flip. And that's how he did his music. Um, He had a real certain meticulous way with the arrangements. If you listen to certain songs, you know, he was definitely feeling out where he was going. Um, And it loaned itself to the depths and the range you know and it was also he wasn't he wasn't he wasn't aware of what were, where things were in the jazz world but he was also aware of what was going on in other forms of music so you could tell he was that hybrid of that in concentration with the music so you know that's one of the things when you hear that and like when you get to all blues and flamingo sketches and the thing about it is he always said this. He played the blues. He, you know, he understood his his approach wasn't mind-blowingly complicated. It's just that he presented you in the chess style way of music making. It wasn't checkers. It was chess because you had to understand the complexities and how he got to particular points. And that's one of the coolest things that he did as an artist. He definitely got to those points. And Flamingo Sketches, so a few years later after that, he did Sketches of Spain, which was an incredible record and sound, but he gave you like a blueprint. He'd always kind of give you a blueprint to maybe what he could be venturing into, 
and yet you couldn't really tell, but yet you could kind of like if you worked through the puzzle. It was like a crossword puzzle. It was slowly, meticulously trickling, and you go, okay, I see where this kind of led itself to. And this particular album, he was in familiar territory, but yet he had a... Um, he took on a different approach. You know, it's like he... He he was he he had hit what he was trying to do. You know, I remember he, he had a couple of projects cooking and steaming with the you know Miles Davis Quartet and different things, and he was definitely into this more cool, laid back vibe. But it's just like this album just kind of like hit all the marks. You know, if you were looking to get started in your Miles Davis collection, I would tell you this would be the album that would probably be the best for you to start with, and then you work your way from that. Because it's a good even balance of arranged instrumentation. And it's pretty straightforward, you know. And that's one thing. He has albums that are like that. Then he has Complex. And he has these other albums where you're where you're kind of like... Kind of trying to figure out where he's going with it. But at the he's still an incredible talent of instrumentation and voicing. And the way he would methodically put those tones and everything in place that was a very unique gift that Miles Davis had and so this was a, definitely an album that from start to finish it definitely left the lasting impression and it definitely uh, was a very moving album and as like I said before uh, it didn't sound like anything like it at that time it didn't sound like anything like it thereafter and it's just a tribute to the greatness and the depth of his talent. So that's my thoughts and takes and my personal uh, opinions on Miles Davis' kind of blue record. If you get a chance, do give it a shot and listen to his recordings, like I said. And I would welcome thoughts and comments on his music. Please share your favorite albums, eras, because this guy has a body of work where you can definitely debate which particular you like better which band you like better which style he just gave you so much to work with so anyway I welcome thoughts and comments on it be safe and as I always say just because a song or an album is old does not mean you can't hear anything new and lord knows when it came to Miles Davis music I always heard something new alright so next time peace Mm -hmm.